This is Tailgate Till May. I'm your host, Stephen Gorgie, and I'm excited to welcome you into an instant reaction version of Tailgate Till May. I'm reacting at about 11.45 p.m. Eastern Time on Thursday night to what I consider the first real day of March Madness, Thursday of Conference Tournament Week, and what a day it was. We saw bubble teams go down. We saw bubble teams pick up big wins. We saw top seeds barely survive. But where I want to start today is with the bubble teams. And we saw two big names lose and lose in ways that they've done all year. And those two teams that I'm talking about, I'm sure you can probably already guess it. Those are North Carolina and Michigan. And to me, today, those two teams punched their ticket to the NIT. They are not going to make the NCAA tournament. I don't think they deserve to make the NCAA tournament. I think they've had every chance to make the NCAA tournament, and they are just not going to get here. So let's start with the Tar Heels. North Carolina loses 68-59 to to Virginia. North Carolina shoots 27 threes. They go 8 of 27. Armando Baycott who was banged up, uh, suffered an ankle injury in the previous night's game, didn't play a whole lot, but when he did, he scored four points on two of four shooting. Now, I can't kill them too much for not getting him the ball, given we don't really know the extent of his injury from the previous night. We don't know what he could really do, but it's kind of been a problem with them all year is that they get in these phases these periods where they just want to shoot jumpers and shoot jumpers and they don't want to go inside and they don't want to do what works and they don't attack and uh you know especially against a team like Virginia that's what Virginia forces you to do and North Carolina fell into the trap tonight and it's what they've been doing all year they don't beat good teams essentially whenever they have a chance to do so and that's what's going to keep them out of the NCAA tournament. Net rankings not updated yet, but going into the game today, North Carolina was number 44 in the in the net, one and nine, one and eight in quad one games. Will be one and nine, or, or they are one and nine following the loss to Virginia, and that is just not going to get it done. They've had chance after chance. They haven't been able to come up with a win they do not deserve to make the tournament and the preseason number one team in the country the team that went to the national championship game last year it now seems looks much more and was much more like the version of the Tar Heels that went through the first several months of the 2022 season before they turned on the Jets and made that NCAA tournament run And really what you're looking at is two seasons where they've been uh, very much on the bubble with one great tournament run in there. Now the tournament can cover up a lot of flaws. Just look at what Jim Beheim has done at Syracuse the last, I don't know, 10 years of his career where they've been on the bubble, on the bubble, but make a run in the tournament. And it kind of covers up, you know, what's been going on in, in the regular season, and it it covers for a lot of falls. And on the flip side, when you don't make tournament runs, uh, that can you can have great regular seasons, and all anybody remembers is your poor performance in the tournament. So, you know, that's, that's how it kind of goes in college basketball. But for North Carolina, they've had two very 
poor regular seasons by North Carolina standards, one great tournament run, and they will not get a chance to have a, any sort of tournament run this season, and they don't deserve to. The other team that's right there in that same boat is the Michigan Wolverines. Michigan, similar deal. These two teams are so similar and how they performed the last two years where Michigan last season was on the bubble, on the bubble, on the bubble. Uh, they looked like they might not make it. Then they get in as an 11 seed, go to the Sweet 16, and you're thinking like, okay, they bring Hunter Dickinson back. Uh, what are they going to do this year? Well, this year they performed very much like they did last year, except by my approximation, worse. Michigan now 17-15 and 15 after losing to Rutgers today in the 8-9 game in the Big Ten tournament. Michigan was up 28-25 at halftime, and they were kind of playing Rutgers style, right? That's, that's how Rutgers wants to play. And in the second half, Michigan did not make their its second field goal until just over a minute to go in the half. They only had two field goals in the second half with like 105 to go. And I believe both were Hunter Dickinson threes. They finished the game with four made field goals. And we have talked about it. I think I have talked about it on three consecutive episodes now. Is Michigan's inability to execute down the stretch. And in this case, it wasn't just down the stretch. It was over the course of the entire second half. So Michigan... They have nobody to blame but themselves. They will not have a chance to go on that run, to make that run, because they will not be getting in the tournament either. They do not deserve to make the tournament. And looking forward for Michigan, I just don't know, like, what is next for them? Because there is a chance that, you know, they get Hunter Dickinson back he has two more years. Oh, actually, no, he doesn't. He just has one more year of eligibility because he's in that first class that, that that doesn't have that bonus COVID year, I believe. I got to double check on that. He may, Maybe he does. I think it was the, uh, no, you know what? He, he actually does have two more years of eligibility. eligibility. Anybody who played in that 2020, 20, uh, who played in that 2020, 2021 season, which was Dickinson's freshman year, does have an extra year of eligibility available to them. So he could come back for two more years. He may come back for another. We'll, we'll have to see. But Jet Howard probably will not be coming back for another season. He'll probably be bolting for the NBA. Um, I think the biggest thing for them is they got to they gotta figure out the point guard situation. You know, they have a freshman in Doug McDaniel who – had his moments, but they were just not consistent. Their backcourt was not consistent this year, especially at that point guard spot. And I think in college basketball, it's something that just really leads to inconsistency, which is what we saw from Michigan this year. So maybe Doug McDaniel takes a step forward. Uh, maybe they can grab somebody in the transfer portal to compliment McDaniel and, and you know, have kind of a, a two-headed monster at, at point guard there. Because you do need to have a point guard coming off the bench. I mean, the best teams the best teams do. They have somebody who can pick up that slack as well. So, you know, maybe they pick up a guy in the portal. Maybe McDaniel takes a step up. But I think that is the biggest thing they need to figure out. And I don't think this was the case today because Dickinson scored 24 of their 50 points 
and he took like over 35% of the field goal attempts in this game, but they've got to find a way to get Dickinson the ball more and, and in the right spots. And I think in some ways that does go back to having a, a point guard, a consistent point guard. So for me, those are two of the bigger stories of the day. The, the big names, North Carolina, Blue Blood, Michigan, a big name in the sport. They both go down. They do not deserve to make the tournament. I don't believe they will make the tournament. And they have nobody to blame but themselves. Chances and chances and chances went by this season. For Michigan, chances and chances over the last week or two, two weeks, that they just barely missed out on. And uh, when they look back at this season, it, it'll be a season of missed opportunities for each of these schools. So those two schools go down. They uh, look to be out of the tournament. So who benefits from this today? Who benefits from the losses of North Carolina and Michigan? I think Penn State, probably one of the biggest beneficiaries because they get a big win of their own over Illinois. And while we're talking about this Penn State-Illinois game, uh, can I let, let me say, I think today marked the death of the narrative that you can't beat a team three times in a year. I feel like forever and ever in college basketball, all we ever heard going into conference tournament season was you can't be, well, it's tough to beat a team. We never said you can't, but we said it's tough to beat a team three times in a year. But the implication was always that team that lost the first two times somehow, some way has some sort of advantage, which is insane. So let's look at some of the games today, starting with that Penn State-Illinois game. Penn State swept Illinois in the regular season, beat them today. Kansas swept West Virginia in the regular season, beat them today. Uh, let's see, who else do we have here? Who else? I know there's a couple others out there today. Oh, Baylor. Baylor-Iowa State. That's a, that's a big one. Iowa State swept Baylor during the regular season, beat them for the second time just last weekend on senior day in Waco, beat them again today. Uh, let's put this narrative to bed that you can't beat a time uh, that it's so hard to beat a team three times in a year because it's done all the time. Another example here, and uh, this was a blowout, wasn't even close. I was the, on the wrong side of this one as far as gambling was concerned. Clemson, Clemson swept NC State during the regular season, beat them for a third time, eighty to fifty-four in the ACC tournament. So let's put that narrative to bed forever. Maybe sometimes. A team sweeps another team in the regular season because they have a really good matchup. They match up really well with that team. So let's put that one to bed while we're talking about Penn State. But Penn State gets that big win over Illinois. To me, I think Penn State now has to be safely in the tournament. I mean, their computer numbers aren't the greatest, but you look at a team that's now going to be six and then now six and six in quad one games. Um, 20 and 12 on the year. I think they just have picked up too many quality wins. I, I think it, it always goes back to this for me. They are a team that has proven itself against the very top of the sport. And to me, that's what matters. That is what matters when I'm evaluating teams, whether it be for do they deserve a number one seed? Do they, do they deserve to compete in the tournament? It's how did you perform against the top of the sport? And Penn State has proven to me that they are capable of beating just about anybody in the country. They've beaten 
Illinois. They've beaten Northwestern. They've beaten Maryland. They've beaten Indiana. They've beaten Illinois for they've beaten Illinois three times. We we talked about that, right? And one of those Illinois wins is not even doesn't even count as a quad two win or as a quad one win. It counts as a quad two win. They've beaten Iowa, who's going to be a tournament team. Uh, so I feel pretty strongly that Penn State deserves to be in. They don't have the best computer numbers, but I think uh, I think those quad one wins do it for them. They got a net of fifty five. They have. Uh, KPI and strength of record of 46, respectively. Ken Palm's 51. But to me, it's about what you've done against the best. And I think they've they've proven that they can compete against the best. So I think I think Penn State's in. Penn State will have another chance against Northwestern. Again, a team they, they've already beaten just a few weeks ago. They beat them on the road in kind of a wild game. And uh, if they win that one, it should be no doubt about it that Penn State's in the tournament. I think they're in as it is. Another team to really benefit today from those losses because they got a win of their own was Mississippi State. Mississippi State beat Florida in overtime in that 8-9 game in the SEC tournament. And that was a game where Mississippi State you know, it's just one you you gotta have. You can't take a loss there to a team like Florida. Very similar record wise to Penn State. Um, not quite as good against Quad One. So four and seven against Quad One uh, going into the day. Seven and ten against Quad Two going into the day. Florida is ranked fifty nine fifty nine in the net. So that would be a quad two win for Mississippi State. But it's a game where, you know, very similar situation to Penn State, where now Penn State has Northwestern. Mississippi State gets a shot at Alabama tomorrow. And if they can beat Alabama, then I think it's just 100% no-brainer that they're in. But they're still looking good for the Bulldogs as it stands. A couple other schools that I think have benefited today are the Mountain West schools. So Boise State and Utah State. Boise State got a big win uh, of their own against UNLV to stay alive in the Mountain West tournament. And then Utah State has not played yet this evening. Uh, They play New Mexico. That game was scheduled to tip off at 1130, but hasn't tipped off yet. Uh, But Utah State is a school I think they, no doubt about it, deserve to be in. Their net is in the 20s. Uh, They haven't played a ton of quad one quad two games they got a lot of quad three games on that or i'm sorry they they have a lot of quad two and quad three games on their record eight and one in quad two 13 and zero in quad three just one and four in quad one but i i know i've been saying that that's what i judge a team on but i do find it to be a little bit more difficult with the mid-majors to only judge them on that because they get so few opportunities so for power five if, if you get the opportunities i'm gonna judge you on that utah state has not really gotten the opportunities they played just five quad one games so i gotta judge them on a little bit more and for all these teams i judge them on more but it's it's how you perform against the top of the sport is probably the biggest thing for me with a school like utah state i i find it hard to judge them simply on a five game sample size so you got to include quad two in there right they're eight and five in quad one and quad two games when you combine the two they're 22 in the net and 
to me, I, I think that's a that's a significantly better resume than North Carolina. Significantly better resume, yeah, especially North Carolina, Michigan, maybe a little bit closer. But I think that's a school that that really benefits. But you know what? Not even really better. Michigan, I, I still think it's better than Michigan. I don't think it does compare compare that favorably because Michigan, fifty fourth in net. 3-11 and 11 in quad one games. They had 14 chances, almost triple the number of chances to play quad one competition as Utah State. Couldn't get it done. So I think uh, provided that Utah State can take care of business against New Mexico in the Mountain West tournament this evening, I think they will be a big beneficiary uh, of those Michigan and North Carolina losses along with uh, Boise State, another Mountain West team. So that's kind of the bubble. That's kind of how the bubble looks at the moment. A couple other things I just wanted to hit on as I react to the day that was in conference tournament play. Baylor. Baylor is a team that I just don't understand why they do this against Iowa State. I said on the last show, I was thinking about betting Baylor like minus one. The line ended up being a lot higher than I anticipated it being. And so I backed away from it, fortunately. But they lose again for the third time to Iowa State, 78 to 72. And it really makes me think hard, long and hard about Baylor and what they can do in the NCAA tournament because this is a team that is is built on offense and when they're playing it seems like when they're playing a more grinded out team like Iowa State that's predicated on defense if their offense gets shut down at all they just they're done because they can't get stops they can't get stops and I'm gonna think long and hard about this Baylor team before picking them to advance out of the first weekend, because if they play a team that can really lock down and play defense, I just don't trust that they can match and match that and, and get stops. Um, and it's a shame because they're a really fun, talented offensive team, especially at the guard spots. But I, I don't think I can trust this Baylor team against any elite defensive unit at this point. Another team I want to talk about very similar NC state. Boy, oh boy, was I wrong on NC State. I picked them as a long shot to win the ACC tournament. I bet them against Clemson this evening, and they got destroyed by Clemson. And it's the same thing. And I'm not even going to say Clemson is anywhere close to an elite offensive or an elite defensive team because they're not. They're a decent defensive team. Nothing extraordinarily special to me. But watching that game, it's just any time that, NC State's offense falters, they have nothing they can fall back on because they are not able to get stops at the other end. And it just snowballs and it snowballs and it turns into uh 80 to 54 beatdown at the hands of Clemson, a Clemson team that I still think needs to win the ACC tournament to to be able to uh, earn that automatic bid. I don't think they're going to get an at-large bid because there's just not enough good wins to go around in the ACC. So uh, I, I'm going to think long and hard before picking NC State to even win a game in the NCAA tournament, and that's if they make the NCAA tournament. I think they 
are still good, but what a way to end the season for NC State. NC State, uh, they, of course, lost today to Clemson in a blowout. They beat Virginia Tech in the first round of the ACC tournament. But to end the regular season, they lost to Duke, which that's fine. Close close game on the road. Duke's a good team. They played really well today uh, in a blowout win. But before that, they got blown out by Clemson by 25 at home. So two blowout losses to Clemson to end the year. And if those teams end up being compared head-to-head for a tournament spot, I, I mean, I don't know that they will because NC State just has has better numbers than them. They've been viewed as kind of the better team all year. NC State 37 in the net, Clemson 61 in the net. Um, but if they were to be compared head-to-head, kind of hard to to give NC State that nod over Clemson. So, I don't know. It all just depends on what the tournament committee really values because NC State, one in six in quad one games. Clemson, three and three in quad one games. But Clemson has a couple quad four losses. They have a couple quad three losses. NC State, undefeated against quad three and four. NC State, the better net. But Clemson beat them three times. I would have no problem with NC State being left out of the bracket in favor of like if a FAU uh, doesn't win the tournament, doesn't win the CUSA tournament, I think they should be clearly be in as an at-large. Uh, but even like Boise State, Utah State, I-, I wouldn't have a problem with that because, again, they've had these opportunities and uh, they don't seem to be able to come through. I think they still make the tournament. I think they do, but I wouldn't have a problem with leaving them out. I wouldn't have a problem if they didn't make the tournament. I mean, just going through it, their best win is probably Duke at home. Duke at home is their best win. And Duke playing really well right now, but when they won that game, it was January 4th. And uh, Duke, for most of this season, has been a borderline top 25 team. Duke is the number 25 team in the net. And that's not the greatest win in the world to hang your hat on. So it's going to be interesting. Like, I don't know that I'd feel super confident in Raleigh, especially after getting blown out by Clemson tonight. And if they are to make the tournament, I don't have any faith at all in picking them to go past the first round because they don't play defense. And if they are not scoring, they have nothing else to fall back on. So that's, those are two teams that, kind of uh, made me rethink my stance on them tonight because they're two teams that I, I, I liked a whole lot. Uh, elsewhere in the world of futures, not a good night for me. Not a good night for me at all. So the NC State future is obviously done. Uh, looks like the Villanova future is done in the Big East. Uh, if it's not official yet, they were... We're down in that game. It's official now. Creighton, 87-74 win. Villanova is out, and I hated that bet after that bracket flipped up and they were not going to have Providence as, as the three seed the way the season ended. I, I really didn't like that one. I regretted doing it, so that wasn't wasn't great for me there. And then the other future I have that's already dead is Kansas State to win the Big 12. Kansas State falls to TCU today. 
So not a great start for me for my futures. Uh, got Purdue still alive, plus 195 to win the Big Ten. They haven't played a game yet. I have A&M at plus 600 to win the SEC, along with Mississippi State at 50 to 1. And then I have Miami at plus 340. So let's look ahead a little bit to tomorrow because I mentioned Miami there. And I think the game that I am most looking forward to for on Friday is the ACC semifinal between Miami and Duke. Duke looked absolutely fantastic today while Miami survived their game. But Duke destroyed Pittsburgh 96 to 69. Uh, and Duke is just a team that has been playing really well. They've won seven straight games. It hasn't been against the greatest competition, but they have just looked like a team that is starting to come together. And Miami, on the flip side of things, is a team that I really like. I like their scoring punch. I like their scoring attack. You know, I, I, when we did the preview show and I said I was going to bet them, I said I know they have flaws. I know they're not the greatest defensive team, but... Now, watching what happened to Baylor today, watching what happened to NC State, I think uh, I think Miami's offense is better than NC State's, but that Baylor game, that Baylor loss to Iowa State, really making me nervous about Miami. So we'll see. We're going to find out. And that's uh, what's so great about this conference tournament week is we are going to find out what Miami can do. Does Miami have another gear? Can they step up and play some defense? Uh, not a terrible defensive performance today against a running and gunning Wake Forest team. So, you know, maybe they have another gear in them. But I think that's the game that I'm probably most excited for, as strange as it sounds. Because I, I want to find out more about both of these teams. And in the ACC, there just haven't been as many opportunities for big-time matchups as you usually get. I think if any teams, if there are any teams in the ACC that can make a second weekend run and maybe be Final Four dark horses, it, it is these two teams. It's Miami and it's Duke. I don't love Virginia. We talked about this a bunch in the preview show. Uh, so I'm excited to watch this game. The whole Big East should be great. UConn, Marquette, Creighton, Xavier, semifinal, and, you know, like we talked about ahead of the tournament, there are three Midwest teams in this Big East semifinal. So a little bit different than we're used to seeing in the Big East. But these are the four best teams in the conference. They are going to be the four highest seeded teams in the NCAA tournament. And now they're battling it out for the conference crown. I love it. Uh, UConn and we almost already had some upsets in this tournament. But I'm glad we didn't and that we got these teams together here uh, so we can just see them go head-to-head. -head. Marquette and UConn is probably the one that I am most excited for. They split the, they split the season series, and now they're going to go head-to-head -head once again. Uh, I expect it to be an uh, up-and-down game. The winner in the first game when – so the, the first time these two teams met, Marquette won 82 to 76. The second time they lost 87 to 72. I expect the winner to score in the 80s. Uh, should be a really fun one 
at in Madison Square Garden. And I think, again, a, another good chance to learn how these teams might fare come March. These are teams that are going to be four, potentially three seeds even in the tournament. And these are teams that uh, could potentially make final four runs. And, and I want to see them go head to head against one another. As far as other like major seeding implications go, as we look forward to the weekend, I, I still think Kansas has an opportunity to get that number one overall seed. Bill Self is ill and will not coach the rest of the Big 12 tournament. That was news that came out today. So um, we'll see how that affects the Jayhawks. It didn't seem to affect them a whole lot today as they got a big 78-61 win over West Virginia. Uh, so I think that's something to look forward, though, forward to, though, with the Jayhawks is can they run the table and potentially get that number one overall seed as, as, we, look, uh, as we look ahead to things. They'll have Iowa State tomorrow. Um, the other Big 12 semifinal matchup will be TCU and Texas. So it's going to be just a fantastic day of games. We got the semifinal games. I feel like once you start getting into those semifinal games, you get those real big-time matchups. I don't have any real plays that I want to share quite yet for tomorrow. Didn't have a great day today to, to end the night losing the Kansas State bet, uh, losing the NC State bet, and then I also lost on Ole Miss against Tennessee. I think that one was, I think I got it plus 11 and a half. Lost on that one. Only bet I won today was Ohio State. So I think I went one in three on the day and lost a bunch of futures. So I want to regroup a little bit, take a look tomorrow morning. Then I'll post those on Twitter at Gorgon Sports. Uh, other big matchup I'm really looking forward to tomorrow, and not just because it's my squad, Maryland, but it, Maryland, Indiana in Chicago in the Big Ten tournament quarterfinal round. I'm very interested in this game because Indiana is a team due to their two wins over Purdue that have has gotten a lot of hype and they, they got the wins over Purdue. They have Trace Jackson Davis, who in, in my book is second in big 10 player of the year voting. And he would be second in national player of the year voting. If, if I, if I had a vote, I think he is just behind Zach Eady as the best player in the league, the best player in the conference. And Indiana's gotten a lot of hype because of Trace Jackson Davis and the wins they've been able to pick up over Purdue and the hype they had before the season and because they have the name Indiana on their jerseys. Maryland will be favored in that game. According to Ken Palm, Maryland will be a two-point favorite. And I, I, you know, these two teams played one time. They played in College Park. I think it was Jalen hood Shafino's worst game of, of his freshman season, a fantastic freshman season for the Hoosiers. And... What I what I really took away from that first Maryland-Indiana game was that Maryland was able to get very favorable matchups for Jameer Young, and nobody could stop him on the perimeter. I don't think Indiana has anybody that can stop Jameer Young on the perimeter. Uh, Maryland didn't really s stop Trace Jackson Davis. Nobody really does, but he had 18 points. He was 7 of 13 from the field. He had he had 20 rebounds. So nobody really, he, he, they didn't stop him. But the thing is, they only allowed 55 points in total because the pieces around him really weren't able to score. And I think that's the, the whole thing with Indiana is 
can they get their role players to step up and support Trace Jackson Davis in the big moments when it matters most? And this will be a chance for us to see that with Indiana. I really like Maryland in the game. I think it's a good matchup for Maryland. I, I think they, like I said, I don't think Indiana can stop Trace Jackson Davis. I think the key to the game will be, can Maryland shut down Jalen hood Shafino the way they did in the first game? hood Shafino, a fantastic freshman year, but he's been up and down at times. He finished really strong. He had a, a very strong finish to the season, um, you know, 35 per- 35 point outburst against Purdue on the road when they won in Mackey unreal performance by him. But then the next game against Iowa, he came back and he scored eight points on four 12 shooting. As I mentioned against Maryland, he was uh, one of 14 from the field. I'm sorry, against Iowa, he was four of 14 against Maryland. He was one of 14. So if Maryland can take him away, if it's just the Trace Jackson Davis show, I really like Maryland's chances. And I, I like Maryland's chances against Northwestern if they're to advance there as well. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to that Maryland-Indiana uh, Maryland, game. It will also give us a chance to see. There's been so much talk about can Maryland win away from Xfinity Center. You know, they struggled on the road like so many Big Ten teams did. And, and but they do have a win over ACC regular season champion Miami on a neutral court. So we'll find out a little bit more tomorrow about Maryland too. Like maybe Maryland is perfectly fine on a neutral court. I don't think Maryland has played terribly by any stretch of the imagination on the road. I think they've played well at times. And I think they just haven't been able to come up with some wins. But when you kind of counter that with what they've done at home, to me, it's more of a factor of fortune and luck than necessarily something that's wrong with Maryland, where they can't win away from Xfinity Center. So we're going to find out. It's a big one for the Terps. It's a big one for Kevin Willard in his first year as head coach, because one of the things that Maryland fans were so critical of Mark Turgeon about, myself included, was his lack of postseason success. And to get a win over Indiana in the quarterfinal and go on to a Big Ten semifinal would be very, very big for Maryland. In fact, I don't know the last time they were in a Big Ten semifinal. It's been a quite a while. Um, I think it's got to be... Mm, I'm looking back, it, not 2018, not 2017... I think it's going to be since 2016. Yep, it sure is. Since 2006, 2016 was the last time that Maryland made it to a conference tournament semifinal. That is too long for a school like Maryland. So it's a big opportunity for Kevin Willard. It's a big opportunity to continue to ignite the passion, stoke the flame inside this fan base. Uh, so it's it's a really big one. For, for from that perspective and to find out a little bit more about what Maryland can do on a neutral court, whether it's truly an issue with the Terps away from home or it's just the the Big Ten is a lot of teams that are very similar in, in, when it comes to how good they are and some tough home court advantages. So uh, those are some of the games that I'm really looking forward to on Friday. It should be a fantastic day of hoops Enjoy the games, everybody. I'll talk to you soon. And until next time, keep the grill hot and the cooler cold.